Uh, a friend of ours up the street, him and his wife just had a baby that they named Luke. And I was just like, okay, how do you not just pick up the baby and say, Luke, I am your father? Oh, right, right. Right? Like, Luke. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be reaching for his bottle and you're going to be like, use the force, Luke. <laughs> Uh, it is episode 183, the big TNA show, Q&A show. <laughs> Freudian then why am I, slip. Then why am I wearing glitter? <laughs> I got my pole ready. Wait, Damn what? it. <laughs> that, Bill, that wait typo was intentional, wasn't it? Yeah, you, wait you a You got minute. me again. <laughs> uh... So it is. Uh, it is uh, episode one eighty three of the On Taking Pictures program. Uh, my name is Jeffrey Storis in DC. I love saying that. You know that. Yeah, you I love do, being right? In DC. I do. In our nation's capital. You're, you're in the nation's capital. I am. Uh, and uh, with me in fabulous Brooklyn. Yeah. <clears throat> Bill. Billy. Yeah. Billy Wadman. Oh, my God. I went to go get a Billy haircut. Billy W. Wait, you're going to like this. I go get a haircut <laughs> right. yesterday. Yeah. And I go to this uh, I go to this barber shop down the street where I've never been there before, but I like I needed a haircut, and it's down the street, and I was went to it. The guy who runs it is old. His father owned it since 1946. It really hasn't oh, changed since nice. 1946. Black and white tile? Uh, kind of. Lots of wood. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, not, uh, not the best haircut? Put that aside for a moment. But the uh, experience, I bet, was awesome. So I'm sitting there, I'm getting my hair cut, and the guy next to me is getting his hair cut, and he's like this big guy, older, not too old, like, you know, like late 40s, early 50s. And uh, he's got like a kid in the back, and they're talking about the Cubs and the Mets, and and, nice. and how this guy's going to, you know, he's going to retire because he's put in his 20 years at the, at, in, in corrections, you know. The people these days, they got us so good, you know, they get the pills because they're growing boobs, they get the pills in prison. Like that, he was like talking like that, and I was wow. like, and I'm just sitting there, just like just trying not to, wow. trying not to make a thing, you know, like yeah, 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 like, yeah. Getting your getting your, getting your haircut, getting yeah, my yeah, haircut. Hey, what are you doing? What are we doing? What are yeah, we doing? Yeah, yeah. What do you want? A high and tight? Yeah, yeah, huh? yeah. What are we doing? It was like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, but that's anyway, great. it was in Brooklyn, and those guys were very much in Brooklyn, you know. Anyway, you should uh, you should tell friend of the show Randy Duchesne to go over and photograph them if he hasn't already. I wouldn't be surprised if he because he has yeah. made the rounds around Brooklyn. He, yeah, well, that's you know, Andy's Andy's took a lot of pictures too. Whoa! But um, uh, uh, Randy Duchesne, love it. Wow, we're on like we're like we're playing it blue today. Blue, <laughs> playing it blue. We're playing it blue. There it is. We're playing it blue today. <laughs> Uh, okay, so lots of questions. Thank yes. you, kids, for uh, for uh, uh, sending in your questions. Uh, hey, last show was really fun for for me and for you. You said, yeah, absolutely, yeah, that, that, that was, was a good, a good one. one. Yep, it was a good one. Um, so we got a lot to get through. Uh, you want to just dive in? May, may uh, I? Yeah, may I, I? May I begin? Uh, yeah, begin the begin. Sure, begin the begin. Uh, Dave Lawrence. Dave Hi, Dave. Lawrence. Uh, dot com. Dot com. That's right. <laughs> Dave Lawrence. Dot com. <laughs> uh, Bill. Oh, this is for me. Bill, you've had the corner series. Yeah. You've had the corner series. <laughs> oh, I've had it all right. You've had the... Phew. 
Any thoughts on your next big Drabbles style? Uh, so he's he's saying more like project, big narrative thing. Yeah, like, uh, like uh, you know, big big composity. Yeah, not you know uh, conceptually thing. Uh, I don't I don't have any plans for a. Um, I don't have any definitive plans, but I have some things in the works, and I have a I have another sort of uh, linear portrait series coming up too that i'm i'm kind of hashing out the details on which is going to be a lot of fun is uh, this uh the, the the lighting thing that you teased about on on facebook uh or is that something else? oh no, no no that's yeah this is something else yeah, yeah okay yeah. uh this is going to be uh this is going to be um uh i'm, I'm thinking of I'm, I'm i'll give you a hint which oh, you Jesus. which you may You're or may cheeky not bastard get. yeah all yeah. right go ahead uh um the the hint is um, i'm wearing glitter man need give me more than a hint the hint is brian glazer that's the hint. Brian Glazer. Yeah, but it has nothing to do... I mean, I'm not taking pictures of Brian Glazer, but like Brian Glazer... Oh, Brian, Brian Glazer. Glazer, yeah. He's, he's the guy, he, he, he gave me an idea for a project that I'm going to do when I get Who's back. Who's Brian Glazer? Uh, Brian Glazer is the... Uh, um, uh, is the uh, isn't that the guy's name? Uh, oh, Brian Grazer, rather. Brian Grazer. Ronnie yeah, Howard's partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, guy. Brian Grazer. Yeah, he gave me an idea for a project, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on it when I get back. I like how you called him Ronnie Howard. That's great. Like, like you're really? in the biz. You're like, Did yeah. I? You're like Ronnie Howard's partner. Oh, sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, me and Ronnie were down uh, at the Palm <laughs> getting a steak, and Grazer walks in, and he says, hey, he we're going to make hey, a movie. Opie, what gives? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I have an idea. Um, All right. But, uh, but more, more on that. Uh, but as far as uh, big ones, yeah, I gotta, I'm, I'm waiting for uh, a good idea. I mean, I've got a couple ideas, but uh, everything will change in two weeks. I'll, I'll, we'll get back in the, the thing. So, Dave, uh, keep, keep you posted. Uh, Thomas Nutter. I've seen several times in various online articles and such this phenomenon of pro photographers shooting work on film to, quote, set themselves apart from the crowd, end quote. Is there any real truth to this, or is film strictly a... Uh, a fine art hobbyist medium now. What do you think? Uh, I do not think film is a fine art hobbyist medium. Do you think that shooting um, film sets somebody apart? Uh, I think it can set you apart. Uh, uh, f- a couple examples off the top of my head. Uh, Joni Sternbach. Uh, yeah. Terrific wet plate photographer. Yep. Now, Joni's got a couple things working for her. Number one, she is a, a, a fantastic wet plate photographer. Yep. But number two... 90 plus percent of her work focuses on surfing and surf culture. Right. She's got a, she's got a very specific angle. So, you know, that, that, that sets her apart. Her subject matter sets her apart, but the, the way she shoots, it sets her apart. Uh, Jose Villa, uh, I believe is still shooting film. He's a wedding photographer, still shoots film. Um, but do you, but do you think his pictures would look that different if he wasn't, I guess is my question. I don't think that matters. I think it it matters. So you think it's perception as much as it is product? Uh, in a lot of cases, sure. Yeah, that's you I, know, there, there, look, there are a lot of people that still insist that film looks different, and okay, yep, that's okay. I think if it if it if it gives you the results that you're after, and your customers or clients are pleased and appreciate and enjoy those results, yeah. More power to you. Yeah, Go to yeah. it. You know, it's interesting. Uh, yesterday, I was like, I was packing uh, for the trip, and and Conrad writes me. She goes, "You should bring the Hasselblad." Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ugh, 
I'm like, really? Why? She's like, you know, because it's our honeymoon and blah, 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 and, and you're going to regret it. I'm like, yeah, but here's the thing. First of all, it's really annoying when you're shooting film because you have, say, 100-speed slide film in your camera, and then you go into a church. Well, can't take pictures in the church. You know what I'm saying? Like you, like you, 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 the, the, the data, the minute to minute vagaries of light. Like, okay. So, so maybe you, you set some rules for yourself and you go, okay, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to shoot the Hasi outside and I'm going to shoot well, digital inside. Yeah. So, or, well, that's what I was, I was going to be like, I was, cause I, I was planning just to bring my phone. Right. So I go and I'm just like, all right, so let's say I could go to B and H tomorrow and get some film. All right. Uh, Kodak 100 G. Oh, they don't make Kodak slide film anymore. It's like, okay. Fuji Is there no Pro- two and a quarter transparency film? <clears throat> Not Kodak. Really? Nope. Huh. Fuji. I could, I could shoot Fuji. And Fuji, like Provia, I'm all right with. Yeah. But I, I really like, like the, the pictures I really liked from, say, the Japan trip, which I only shot the Hasselblad, were right. all on this Kodak 100G film that I really liked. So it's kind of like, well, if I can't even get the film that I like anymore, and then it's eight dollars a roll plus say ten dollars a roll to process so that's eighteen dollars to take 12 pictures and then when i get back i gotta scan them you know what i'm saying it's just like it becomes this thing and i'm like i don't even <laughs> i don't want to do worth that. it yeah it's just because it. It, well maybe i don't know I, it's I'll, worth I'll it. let you know um but uh but yeah so uh but the film thing yeah it's it's crazy this stuff's going away it's i nuts. you know i, I, I think Without having a lot of sort of empirical evidence about this, yeah. I think a lot of photographers that shoot film, uh, I, I would argue that they don't shoot film for the results. I, I would say that they shoot film for the process. I, I would say yeah. that they shoot film for the slowing down, the more methodical approach. I think that's uh, true in many cases, yes. You know, yeah. I, I will say I've been shooting some film myself lately, and... You, you know what's 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 getting me hooked back into film? It's not the film. It's not the look, although I love the look of HP5. It's the camera. It's the split prism, man. <clears throat> yep. I know. Manual focus on a split prism is so much easier yeah. well, and it's, so much more accurate than a matte screen. It's similar to a rangefinder kind of thing, you know, where you're kind of like lining up lines, you know. Um, yeah, it's totally better. Yeah. I don't understand why they don't put split prisms back in cameras. I I don't get it. I don't get I think it. They, they, they are figure, so terrific. People love the autofocus, I guess. They just yeah. figure that's good enough. But, you know, it's it's funny. You, you, you show someone a split prism who hasn't and seen they go, one oh. before. Yeah. Oh, it's, it makes sense. It's it's yeah. such a simple yeah. little thing. It looks crappy yeah. until I turn it till it looks good. Right. <laughs> it's, it's so easy, you know? <laughs> it's like it's not that difficult. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so uh, so anyway, yeah, film. I, I I think that I think that there's a certain PR value also in the idea of like setting yourself apart by shooting film. Um, although I think that I don't know. I feel like that is has even in many uh, example examples has sort of taken its run its course. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that that was okay. Well, let me ask you. Yeah. What do you think has more sort of cachet, claiming to be a film photographer or shooting film or medium format digital? Uh, Are they the same thing? Are they different? (sighs) Cache. I mean, you know, results are results, so whatever. But 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 first, I mean, most people, the average person doesn't know what medium format means, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, to me, if I was choosing somebody and I was like talking to them, it's I would uh, I would have a certain amount of trust in the guy who was shooting medium format digital that he was. I don't know. 
like more objective about the results. You know hmm. what I'm saying? Like sort of like, okay, if he's shooting medium format digital, he must be a giant image quality nerd and I'm a giant image quality nerd. So let's talk, you know? Hmm. Um, okay. I feel like there's a certain mystique and magic that people put into film that, that while film is great and I shoot film is not, you know, I, I, I think, I think that people put a little too much faith in film. You see what I'm saying? Hmm. People like imbue film with some magical power. That's a hashtag right there. Faith in film. I like yeah. that. Well, you can, you can have it. <laughs> okay. You guys heard it. If I make faith in film t-shirts, Damn man. <laughs> All right. What do you got next? That's just you. This is you next. Oh, this is me. Or is it me? No, it's No, you. it's me. Yeah. It's me. Uh, Rabo Karabek. What a great name, Rabo. Or is it Rabo? I would say Rabo. Uh, how much of the show do you and Jeffrey Sidoris discuss ahead of time? What is your studio setup? Do you use Skype in show? We've gotten this one a couple times. Yeah, have we answered it? Well, let's uh, answer it quick. Yeah, uh, we, go ahead. We yep. use how Skype. much do we discuss? We use Skype. We use uh, Audio Hijack to record both sides on my side, although Jeffrey does... I record backup. You record on your side most just of the in time. case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I record both of us on on my side too. Yeah, yeah, just in case. Uh, yeah. And then, um, and then, how much do we talk? We both throw depends st- on the week. Yeah, we both throw stuff into uh, Google Docs, like a Google Doc we we share, and mm-hmm. then occasionally we'll call or text and be like, hey, "I was thinking about this thing," and we say the other one will say, "That's a good topic for next week." Right. And then we write it down. So it's well, we we also do like a half hour or so of pre show, fifteen twenty yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, half but hour a lot of so. that's just BSing. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> uh, and it continues for the next hour and a half. Exactly. Uh, so so not too much. Uh, it's yep. mostly off the cuff, which is why it sounds the way it does. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, right. All right. The next question was you, but we answered that yesterday. Uh, wait, studio setup. What is oh, our studio, studio setup? setup. Uh, what do you use now? Uh, I'm st- I'm I'm still using my AT2020. I like the richness of a, of a condenser mic versus dynamic. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, you're using your Heil. I have a Heil uh, PR40 into a Mackie Blackjack Onyx. Th- this room, I will tell you, the the room that I'm in in it's the basement, dead. It, it's dead. Yeah, well, it's well, that, really quiet. That makes it work for a uh, for a condenser. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lively rooms and condensers don't mix. Well, at least not right. for what you're trying to do. Right. But a nice dead room, sure. Use the 2020. Yeah. Go for Good it. Good stuff. Um, all right. You wrote that one. Okay. So Lauren Shin. Which create- oh, yeah, we talked about how do we choose images for mailers. Yeah, we talked about uh, that. Listen to episode 182. We talk about that yeah. uh, at, at length. Not at length, but I think that was a good discussion. Yeah, it was. I think. Uh, Lauren, by the way, we need to uh, make that mailer you had an idea for, uh, for me. The, full, the, the, the accordion one? one? Yeah, we'll you want to? Yeah, we'll I think it. that would be fun. <clears throat> sure. All right. Uh, which creation made you feel most vulnerable either through the process or in sharing it with others? You want You start with that one. Oh. Or do I start with that? You start. That's a, hmm. Hmm. Wow, that's that's a tough one. Which creation made you feel most vulnerable? I you know, um when I first started taking portraits back in the day, and then I started doing the year long three sixty five thing, um I jumped in and the first Five or six are the worst pictures ever taken on earth. They're really bad. <laughs> nice. Um, and I put them up anyway because 
there was always another one to do tomorrow, right? There was always mm-hmm. there was always a tomorrow to to make right what I did yesterday. Um, so I would say in the beginning of that project, I felt pretty exposed, especially when it started getting some press and I started getting noticed and people started actually watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 nowadays. Uh, it's interesting. I don't really think about, I don't feel vulnerable. I mean, I feel vulnerable in the sense that I feel open while I'm making stuff, but I don't feel vulnerable in the sense of, I feel scared. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, if, if, if I feel vulnerable while taking pictures or <clears throat> posting stuff, it's usually like a good kind of vulnerable, not a bad kind of vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? What do I think? Maybe do you share do you share that kind of feeling or do you um when you do the hmm. painting stuff does that do you do you feel vulnerable well, uh, like exposed well, the, the first, okay the first series I did yep. I did a series of uh, a three painting series a mixed media series called the casualties of war yep and it was it was the first series that I did when I picked up a brush again after fifteen years or so of not painting. And it was, it was, it was, I guess the vulnerability was, was, is this going to be any good? I'm trying all sorts of new processes. I was trying to sort of create this kind of hybrid of analog and digital processes um, using, you know, acrylics and emulsion transfers and found objects and, and, you know, all of these kind of different techniques that I had never really experienced experienced or experimented with before um and it was that that was around when i met father bill moore who who became kind of a mentor at that time and gave me feedback and gave me notes as i was working through them uh and encouraged me to submit them to this gallery who who put them in a group show and it was the first time anything that i had done had been sort of in the public, any any personal work had had been in the public, right? Um, and that was weird. I mean, it was it was it was great seeing work on a wall in a gallery or in a case as as as, as this case may be here. But the, the the weird part was sort of watching people's reactions or not reacting. And wondering, do they think it's shit? Do they think it's good? Do they, you know, should I do more? Should I not do more? So there's all that second guessing sure. um, that happens. And do you think that it was because it was your first time out in a while? Yes. So so maybe that's the thing in common, mm-hmm. right? It's like in the beginning, it's scarier. Uh, sure, because you 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 feel like you're on sort of sea legs, right? Yeah, you, yeah. You, you you do I have a point of view? Yeah. Do I have do I have a, a a perspective on on this work? Is this saying what I want it to say? Will will it will will the perception or will the takeaway of whatever this project or work is be akin to what <clears throat> I put into it, or are people going to interpret it in a completely different way? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, know? I, I dated a girl in high school whose father lived up in Boston and she and I went up there one time. It was the first time I had like been to Boston and well, I, I think I probably went there on a field trip or something, but I hadn't really been to Boston to walk around. 
And I remember it was New Year's, so it was like one of those, uh, what is it called when they do the New Year's like parties in the cities where it's like no drinking, they just do all like the, you know, they put on events and stuff, you know what I'm talking about? I don't know, man. I've never been to a no drinking New Year's party. Uh, there are these like things that they they do in, in cities, and I can't remember, like New Night or something like that. Whatever. Anyway. We so we we, we <laughs> wait new night. It's like some some name. It's like a it's like a it's a thing that cities do where it's like just they put on events and shows and stuff like that, and you can walk from place to place and see all this stuff. Anyway, we were up there for. Are you sure? Yes, this is a thing. <laughs> I'll find I'll find out the name and put a link in the show notes. Uh, um, and uh, so we were up there and we like go to um, uh, we go to. Uh, um, Lands, not Lansdowne Street. We go to Newberry Street and all these different places, and we're walking around. And I can remember walking around these parts of the city. Now, five, six years later, I'm in college. I'm in, I'm in music school up there, and I'm walking around. And I go, oh, this is where that is, and oh, I remember walking past this. And you start sort of connecting the dots of like how things relate to each other spatially. Mm-hmm. And I think a similar thing happens when you keep putting stuff out there and you see the reactions that come back and then you do a little more work and like you can see how those two things relate and then you do a third thing you can see how those three things relate and so it's it's like the more you put out there the more you can kind of get your bearings of of where it fits so then why do we stop um because you you and I have both talked about this and 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 probably discussed a fair bit of it offline where yeah. at some point the dot the the last dot doesn't connect to the next dot and you go shit now what yeah well i mean just because your your current dot and the old ones connect doesn't mean it tells you where to go next mm-hmm. but it does mm-hmm. give you some perspective of like where the terrain the terrain that you've you've where you've been it doesn't tell you where you're going but it tells you where you've been and i think that 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 the vulnerability is I, like I when I put new stuff out. I mean, I guess I mean everyone's always worried about what people are going to think about whatever they do next. But I don't feel vulnerable in the sense that somebody's going to knock me down and and I'm going to have nothing because it's like, well, I've been doing this for a long time and I have a lot of work behind me. So if you don't mm-hmm. like this, that's okay because I'm sure you like something I've done. You know what I mean? Like there's more of that kind of holistic kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's weird. The uh, that's a hard one. We'll have to come back to that sometime. Vulnerability. That might be, yeah, that might be an interesting fuller topic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, is there right. one you? Uh, Rodney Smith said, who, whose work, do you like Rodney Smith? I dig Rodney Smith's work. Yeah. New book. Yeah, yeah. New book out. Uh, Rodney Smith said, looking back at your extensive portfolio in preparation for the book. Oh, somebody, I think Lauren sent this in. She said that Rodney Smith had said this, so keep okay. reading. Uh, were you struck by an unexpected, any unexpected thoughts, feelings, or insights regarding your own work and career? So somebody asked this, somebody asked of, this and of Rodney then, Smith. Right, and his answer and was... And then his, his answer was, I guess one of my surprises has always been how I always seem to rule from the center. From the very beginning of my career to its present state, composition, scale, proportion, and relation have been the driving forces of my work. Composition in photography is like rhythm and music. I'm a product of an earlier era. For example, when the compositional senses of photographers such as Henri Cartier-Bresson, W. Eugene Smith, oh, Andre right, Kertesz... Hey, back up to the beginning of that sentence. I lost you for half a second. Did you really? Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Sorry. Did, I thought you just wanted me to pronounce no, Henri no, 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 no. Cartier-Bresson. I, uh, I'm a product of earlier of an earlier era. For example, when the compositional senses of photographers such as Henri Cartier-Bresson, W. Eugene Smith, Andre Kertesz, all favorites of the show, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, etc., were impeccable, everything else 
was in the right place. I've noticed as the world become has become more casual, the sense of composition and relationship has been radically altered. I miss when it was the photographer's mission to find order out of chaos. And uh, Lauren's question is, do you agree with the last two sentences? If so, how has composition and relationship been altered? This is a huge question, but I read it and I was like, you know what? I, for... I think that there I think photography is much bigger nowadays than it was back then. And by bigger I just mean like the scope of it is larger, right? So there are still people out there making very compositional photography. But there are also other people who the the composition is somewhat secondary and they're trying to get like the raw energy of whatever's in front of their lens. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um I I agree that <clears throat> there's a little bit of get off my lawn in this, isn't there? Like, when I was a kid, people used to do good work, and now they do crap. You know, doesn't it sound a little like that? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I, I think there are there are more crutches now. What do you mean by crutches? Well, I, 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 the, the photograph... Hmm... When uh, when we were in high school mm-hmm. and you wanted to buy a record, you had 78s to... 78s in your day. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you had to go hitch up the mule. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, no, you, you had to uh, get on your bike or go f- find a bus stop or, you know, whatever it was. Go to the record store and buy the record. So the, the, the effort in getting to that record or, or purchasing that record or adding that record to your collection was greater. So for, for me, at least, that record had to mean something. Okay. I wasn't just, you know... Click and play on Spotify. Right, right. The record sure. had to mean something. You know, it, I, I remember, you know, buying Cheap Trick at Budokan or The Wall or, you know... Uh, Whatever it is. Yeah. But those records were intentional because they were going to cost time. They were going to cost money. They were going to cost effort. And I think now with with Spotify and Pandora and, and you know, BitTorrent and, you know, anything else that our our taste, our measure of what's good has gotten lost. So much in the same way photographers of prior generations had one frame they had five frames they had you know a very few pictures so there was i think there was more intent and more craft uh and it resulted in stronger photographs Hmm. and i think there are to be clear there are definitely photographers for whom composition and and color and and form and space are very important but there are also a number of photographers for whom those things are secondary yeah. to your point but then again you know back in the 30s and 40s and 50s when these guys who he's talking about were shooting 
there were a lot of crappy photographers who didn't care about that stuff even then. So I feel like this is a little bit of like songwriters back in the 1940s were real songwriters and, you know. Sure. Yeah. And I, I get know, what you're the saying Gershwin about brothers the... could write. And it's like, yeah, but there was a lot of other crappy stuff back then, too. So. Right. Right. Know, to, to, to pull out the best of decades and then compare it to today. I, I do believe that the world is becoming more casual. Photography is becoming more casual. Although with the with the with the the casual nature of it, to use his word, it also can lead to things that you wouldn't get if you were trying to be a strict compositional. Sure. But, but I guess maybe one of the things I'm getting at is there probably weren't a lot of people who picked up a camera and started shooting. You, yes, you, that's, that's you, the thing. You if apprenticed you, right. with someone. Yeah. And if you were doing it, you were doing it. It was expensive and hard and whatever it is. It wasn't like, oh, this comes with my phone anyway, so I'm just going to snap away. Right. And yeah. I think that's that's more what yeah. I was trying it's intention. to get at. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, you know, however, to, to there are numerous modern photographers whom we could list who are great compositional. Absolutely. So so it, this is, it's not like, oh, it's a bygone age when people cared right. about it's composition. It's not binary. Yeah, yeah no. it's not binary. Of course not. There's just there's just way more photographers out there. So yeah. there are probably just as many great compositional photographers as there used to be. It's just that there are way more photographers, so it ends up feeling like there's less. Yeah, there's a lot more noise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Want to move on? That was a good one. It is a good one. We're in fuego today. Scott, Scott McKay, <laughs> uh, what's your favorite part of, of I'm assuming, taking a photo? Right. Uh, setting it up, thinking about it, clicking the button, hearing the shutter, et cetera. What do you think? Oh, gee. You know, you and I had a conversation on the after we finished at the Lincoln Memorial. <sighs> uh, after we finished at the Lincoln Memorial. <laughs> Wait, were we listening to Weezer? That was just for you. Uh, <laughs> That was just for you. Yeah, um, thanks. After we finished at the memorial, we were walking along the south side of the reflecting pool. And yeah, I wish I we were... would have recorded that. That was a good one. Yeah, and you and I were talking about how something about the mirror flipping up. Mm-hmm. It, it almost, it's like it takes that moment away from you as the photographer and gives it to the film. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm physically slicing out that moment and that's, mm-hmm. getting, that's mm-hmm. getting printed. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's part of the reason why the mirrorless cameras a lot of times just don't or, or you know, all these cameras that actually don't have to do anything mechanically just go. Right. So the silent shutter. Yeah. Type all that of kind of stuff. It's like, wait, nothing happened. Like mm-hmm. no, no, no God came down and cut it out for me. You know, yeah. like it's there, just, there is something about that. The, the physicality of that moment that yeah. dividing, dividing that from this. Yes. Yes. That's that's how you put it. Yeah. Gosh, that was a. That was a fun conversation. That was. So, so was a great day. We've got to do that again. Well, we're going to do it again. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm down there at Christmas, too. Hey, by well, the way. I, I got to come up there. I'm down there uh, the day Star Wars premieres, and it's playing at the Air and Space Museum. I bet tickets are sold out already, don't you think? I don't know, but we should check that out. Um, air. <laughs> you can't buy them online. But maybe you or my hey, sister you know, or somebody I, uh, could go get them. We got to know a guy who knows a guy, right? We know guys who know guys. <laughs> I'll tell my sister to go over. Anyway. That would be fun. Anyway. Uh, uh, so so what do you think? Is it thinking about it? Is it clicking the button? Is it hearing the shutter? You know, I, I, I would, I have I would moments, throw this. So what do you got? Yeah. I would throw this out there that it depends on the hardware and the situation for me. 
I I do love hearing the sound of that of that EM shutter. Yeah. Um, I do love hearing the sound of the mirror. And and gosh, when when you let me, you know, use that that Hasselblad, and it's yeah. just chunk chunk chunk. Yeah. It's yeah. there's just there's a machine at work. There's something about yeah. that, that, that experiencing that is very satisfying. It's like it's pressing a memory in, in, into vinyl or yeah. something. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and some, you know, did, did you, we, we talked about, I don't know if we talked about it on a show. We probably did, but there that moment in, in the secret life of Walter Mitty where Sean Penn doesn't take the photograph. Yeah. 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 He knows it's there and he lets it go and lets it go. I love that. I love yeah that part of, of seeing it seeing that moment that you want to capture but you know what i'm going to save this one for my memory yeah because i i want to remember this i don't want to see yeah. it this one's for me not for anybody else mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, you know that that was that was uh that was really nice for me it's the it's I, I like coming up with the idea. I like when I'm taking the picture and I take the picture and I and I think I got it and I look and it's what I was kind of thinking in my head or something close to it. Mm-hmm. That feels really good. And then when I'm done and I hit save on what I think is my final version and I'm like, nope, it's done. Command S. Right. You know, like that is very satisfying to me. Like, yep. okay, I took it from the beginning. I did it. It's finished. It's done. You know, Um but clicking the shutter is always really nice. And sometimes if I'm shooting and things are going really well, I get giddy. Yeah, sure. I, I, would, go, <laughs> I would imagine yes, that. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I, yeah. I get like really kind you of... You get that little, that little fist pump? Yes, right? yeah. I get a little bit of that. So so I like that part uh, mm-hmm. a lot. Um, but that's sort of a culmination of the stuff that came before, which is why it's so satisfying. Sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, Scott McKay, you want to take Patrick's? All right, uh, Patrick Wong. Hey, Patrick, how are you? Uh, how often do you receive requests for free images in exchange for photo credit? And what do you do? What do you take? What do you, what do you take into consideration in your response? Are the requests for nonprofits, commercial businesses and publications such as the New York times? Do they send you a contract or do you send them yours? What do you got? Um, you probably I, get requests a fair bit, don't you? I get requests a fair bit, yeah. Um, in fact, uh, somebody wrote me this morning. A listener wrote me this morning. Uh, I hope he doesn't mind me saying so. But uh, um, yeah, and, Ju- and wanted Ju- a portrait of Malcolm Gladwell. No, Julian Winslow called up and or sent me an email saying that somebody, some book publisher, was asking to use one of his images. Basically, just like we'd love to have this in the book. Can you send us high res? And he was like, "What do I do?" And I was like, "Well, you should." Write them back and ask if they, you know, what their standard fee is for usage fee is for that kind of stuff. You know, now, like here, here's cause, a question because a lot of times I think those people are just trying to like, oh, if I just see if they'll send it to me for free, maybe they'll send it to me for free. You know, even if they are willing to pay for it. Go ahead, sorry. What was what was the, uh, the, the on? Is it on something? A conversation moments conversation. What was that book? Uh, which book? Conversations moments something. Oh, my gosh. conversation with Andre. No. Anyway, th- this book has, you know, photographs by a who's who of, of photographers. OK. Yeah. And and in a case like that, you, you couldn't possibly afford to license all. I mean, somebody's yeah. having to give you was that was the book making money for something. Or was mm. it just a collection of photos from a lot of people? They may have paid for them. Who knows? You know, I mean, a lot of times they don't pay a lot, you know, talk, talk amongst yourself. I, I think I've all right, you're going to go find it. 
Um, I will say that I get requests uh, fairly often, Patrick. Um, usually from uh, commercial stuff, so magazines or or book publishers who want to use my stuff. Got it. Generally, my rule is that I don't use it. I don't let people use stuff for free unless it's somebody I know or it's a good um, it's a good cause or you know I feel like in a giving mood. Um, but I, I feel like there's a certain amount of respect, even if it is 50 bucks, at least then there's some level of, I know we don't have any money. I feel really terrible about this, but like, this is what we can pay you. It's like, well, you know, at least, Hey, right. it's 50 bucks. Right. Um, I like, I had speaking of Gladwell, like the Greek and the German publishers contacted me about, they wanted his picture for, they were redoing, I think blank or something like that. And they wanted to use it. And the Greek people were just like, yeah, we have no money and we can't, whatever. And it's like, ugh. And the German publishers were, you know. So I think I got like 10 times as much from the German publishers as from the Greek because, you know, that's what I could work out with them. You know, whatever right, it is. Right, So, but, but those are like case by case. Because there's a lot of people, you know, a lot of people will write me sometimes and say, hey, uh, I, I really want to use your picture in this book. Or a lot of artists will say, I really love this photograph of yours. Do you mind if I make a painting from it? Mm-hmm. And to me, it's just like, you know what? If you ask and you're polite about it, yes. You know, it's like the fact that they asked it means sure. more than what they'd be willing to give me because that means they respect my stuff enough to not be a jerk. You know, so when in doubt, ask. But, you know, if they, you think they have money, if it's like some like this publisher that Julian was getting, it's just like, well, they probably have a budget, even if they only give you 50 bucks. Like, hey, it's right. 50 bucks, right. you know. What were you going to say? Sorry. Uh, I've, I found oh, this book. It's uh, The Ongoing it? Moment, the Jeff Dyer oh, book. Oh, the Jeff Dyer book. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, it's got Winogrand and Kurtesh and, you know, Ed Clark. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, he, you could know, they possibly have afforded all of these images? Well, Jeff Dyer's a special case because he's a very, um, like, well-known essayist. So mm-hmm. it could be a, like, he's written forwards for a lot of books. So maybe mm-hmm. it was a, hey... You know, if you do a forward for my book, I'll let you use these things or, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of that kind of stuff or maybe he's friends with like they, there were pictures of um, what's his name? Who's the balding guy? The street for Meyerowitz. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe he's friends with Joel Meyerowitz and I'm not aware of it. You know what I mean? Uh, and Joel's just like, yeah, you could use those pictures. Um, I mean, you could argue that that is commentary. Right. So, so that would f- and maybe that fall might under be fair, fair use. use. Yeah. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question, actually. I mean, I can write him and ask him. Um, uh, and and then uh, what's the last question? Oh, do you send a contract? Do they send yours? Uh, I typically with that kind of thing, they have a contract because they have very specific terms about how they need to use it for the book and make sure all their legal ducks in a row. Sure. Uh, so nine times out of ten, it's their contract. Which every once in a while, there's something in there that you're like, oh no 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 no, you know like part two subsection b like can we change that to whatever you know and usually you can push back a little bit but most of the time it's like a picture that you know somebody takes some picture that you're using it's like what what else are you going to do with it you know anyway uh david raboin is that how we decided to pronounce that guy's name i believe so hello david thank you for writing in help me with my ongoing inner debate all right, this sounds like a Jeffrey question. Chicken or fish? Do I put my best photos up for sale on iStock Photo? I've been an exclusive photographer at iStock since 2006. Some of my best stuff gets mirrored to their Getty site, and I make an average of $500 a month in total sales. 
good for you. That's that's pretty decent for stock nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. So you're making what six grand a year on stock photography? Not bad. Or should I keep my favorite photos precious just in case I ever gain enough notoriety to sell fine art prints? And yes, I can use the money right now. I'm raising a family on a single income, uber expensive Bay Area. Here's my work. I've seen it before. So we'll put a link to David's stuff in the show notes. Don't be polite. I can take it, says David. Oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> All right. <Are> you, <laughs> did you just crack your knuckles? I did. That was good. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, why? Okay. Why can't you do both? Do, does, yeah. Do, like first just, of all, does including just because you on can buy it on Getty. preclude you? Yeah. yeah no. I, I, you know, I think there are different markets, first of all. I don't think that people that would want to buy or to, to license uh, an image are going to be the same people that would sell it, I mean, that would look for it as a fine art print. No? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. God, there's this picture in here, number five in the general portfolio section, where he did a multiple exposure of this, uh, what's it called, guy climbing around, uh, uh, what is this called, uh, par- parkour guy jumping around a, a, a big concrete thing. Yeah, That's you know what's never a good idea? Parkour. Parkour. Yeah, especially on heroin. Um, right. Although everything moves slower. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> it could actually be the way to survive. Um, <laughs> I can. Okay. Um, I think that your work is great. I think that you should make money from it when you can, and I think that you should uh, make fine art prints if you want to make fine art prints. I don't think anyone you're making fine art prints for is going to say, wait a minute, I saw this in iStock photo, and right. I could have bought it for yeah. $15 and printed it out myself. It's like, right. no, that's for, not... $14 for the web res version. Yeah, they're, yeah. Not, they're, not, they're not buying it for that. They're, you know, if they're buying a print from you, they're buying a print from you. So I say uh, go for it. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe both. you uh, maybe they they are uh, different in size. Yeah, you know maybe your fine art prints maybe go bigger for your fine art prints. Don't don't offer anything smaller than you know twenty, 20 by, by 30. thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yes, David, I think your work's good. So I make money while you can. You know, like uh, stock photography is tough to make cash on. Like I don't even bother. So good for you. Uh, I don't I don't think you should worry about it. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know that, that you, you unless, unless there is some uh, uh, legalese in in oh, that Getty says or you, iStock. You can't use it yourself, right? That it's got to be exclusive to their service. But barring that, I would. I would think, you know, maybe maybe do them in black and white, or or yeah, yeah, do, do the I, fine art ones in black and white, or do them in a larger my run guess or a larger that, size. Yeah, this is just. Uh, this is you thinking too much. Just stick them on iStock, take the money you can, and also do fine art prints if you want. And like make a separate site for your fine art stuff or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Uh, David Rizico? Rizico? Rizico. Yeah. Mm. I want it to be Rizicchio, but it's not. Yeah, I don't think it is. Let us continue. Yes. Oh, see? You didn't get it. Uh, Rizicchio? Uh, Ridicchio. Never mind. Oh, is that, is that, uh, a, is that a Latin Dave, thing? Uh, David Rizico, uh Equipment Envy creates flame wars. Yes, it does. Uh, don't you think people get passionate about their equipment because it was what they learned on? Uh, I think you answered this once, but what piece of... That's, that was question number one. Okay. Uh, I think you answered this once. What piece of art, photo or traditional has the most influence on your art for okay. Jeffrey Dumpsters. 
what do you think? So do you think it is really just uh, that's what you learned on? No. Okay. I learned on a Pentax K1000. I have no passion about that camera whatsoever. Yeah, but you but you also had a lot of Nikons over the years. Uh, no, I've only had two Nikons. Okay. Uh, Pentax, I've had a K1000 in school. I owned a, a super program... And then uh, I had a Nikon film camera, and then I had my D300, and those are the only Nikons I, I had. You know, I think that there's a certain amount of – I mean, I shoot Canon not because I have any particular thing for Canon in the beginning, but because my father had a Canon camera, and when I was thinking about buying a camera, uh, of my my sort of quasi-brother Mark had a camera, uh, Canon camera at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to buy one, so I bought an Elan 7 uh, which was a film EOS back in the day. And so when I went digital, I already had a few lenses, so I bought a digital Rebel and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. I think that there's a certain amount of just inertia involved in it, and then people want to retcon reasons why they use what they use. You know, I think that happens a lot. I don't think it happens sure. to everybody, but I think that that's a big, you know... Uh, I would I would think that more people are passionate about the platform canon nikon pentax than the specific yeah 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 body or lens right 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 but i mean but you know i pick up a a nikon camera and it's not that they're not great it's just that they just it feels foreign to me like where the buttons are and how Mm -hmm. they like Mm -hmm. having the the power around the shutter button like all those things like give me a minute and i'll figure it out and give me two hours and i'd feel at home on it but like i don't you know i don't hold them that often so it's just it feels awkward to me um So, yes, I do think that that's true. Uh, what piece of art has most influenced you? Seriously, what, other than dumpsters, what do you got? Uh, hmm. I would say the most influential piece of art on me, on, 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 on me as a person or on, well, on your art? Okay, on, so on what I do. Uh, uh, Rauschenberg's Rebus from 1955. Oh, really? Put a link in the mm-hmm. show notes. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's do a thing. Uh, um, I have two answers to that. Um, one is the John Singer Sargent painting, the daughters of Edward Darley Boyt, which is like one of my favorites. And, uh, I always kind of, whenever I'm taking portraits, I'm like more like environmental portraits. I kind of go, Oh God, I want it to be someday. I want to take a picture as good as that painting. (laughs) Uh, and then pretty much anything by Caravaggio kills me every time like i look at it and i go i don't even know why i bother right and i, and I don't know why anybody else bothers either <laughs> yeah it's like yeah i mean i, I could i could say that rauschenberg's body of work is amazing but i think rebus was the first picture uh I got rebus it. was the first you got it yeah. first picture of his that uh that i really went oh geez that's pretty damn good there yeah it's weird. It's interesting the things that you um, gravitate to. You know, it's interesting. You and I, well, we'll have to go see it next time you're up here. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, oh, apparently it's not on view, but you know what? I know people who know people, so let's see what we can do. Yeah. Um, the the the, uh, the that you gravitate towards this, and I gravitate towards like Caravaggio or Sargent. It just shows you like how different our art views are. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And and explains kind of why we go in the direction we go into. You know, here's something funny, and I just kind of thought of this just now, is I I like my design clean. Yeah. 
but I like my art messy. Yeah. I like Cy Twombly and, yeah. uh, uh, you know, and Rauschenberg and yeah. Pollock and, and de Kooning. Right. But design is very sort of grid-based, lots right. of negative space, sure. clean typography. It's very odd, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a strange distinction. Hmm. We'll, ha- we'll have to unpack that someday. Yeah. Uh, Rabo Kairbeck. Wait, we already have a question from him, so we got a different one. Oh, this is a tough one. Into photography, but know nothing. Jeffrey, named five photographers that are a great start to learn great composition, exposure, oh, etc. This is, uh, I, I, I actually answered this question on the group and said, go look at every photographer we've listed as photographer. Yeah, I mean, uh, 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 Kertesh, certainly. Uh, yeah. Brisson. Um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Eggleston. Yeah, um, Eggleston's good. Wait, hold on a second. Let me look at my shelf for a second. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's fascinating because like there are people like I like Avedon's photographs, but I don't think most of them are not compositionally interesting. They're just interesting photographs. Mm -hmm. Um, but then there's people like Arnold Newman, whose portraits are all about the composition. Um, sure. So, so, so like, he's a good example of somebody to check out, you know? Um, I mean, it kind of depends on, on the genre. Kappa is great. Sure. Um, Dan Winters. Um, Dan Winters is great. But even Dan Winters, I mean, most of the stuff is very, like, centered. His lighting sure. is impeccable. His situation is impeccable. You know, the setting is impeccable, but they are not, like, you don't look at them and go, oh, wow, composition. You look at it and go, wow, True. craft. True. You know, so 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 it's that kind of stuff. It's funny, the the stuff that you pick out. But maybe you look at it and you say, well, if you're looking for composition, look at Arnold Newman. If you're looking for, you know... Uh, 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 um, portraits uh, then uh, you want uh, what's his name who we're going to see in November um, Irving Penn Irving Penn you know what I'm saying like if yeah. you want like uh, like posing of portraits mm-hmm. Irving Penn mm-hmm. is the guy to look at um, so so maybe it's maybe it's like a, a list of who who has not the best but like who stands out in certain categories because yeah. Philippe Hallsman I don't think every I don't think anybody really does all of it perfectly no you Beaton? know it's sort of like yeah yeah Cecil Beaton right so I think there are people who stand out in certain ways but you, what you're looking for is an amalgamation you got to pull a little bit from each person you know sure and 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 there's there's a personal sort of take on it of of you know maybe we go to see Penn yep. and uh maybe one or two people in the group go meh yeah sure sure i mean like as much as i like jay mazel's work i don't like there are jay mazel images that blow me away mm-hmm. but i don't look at jay mazel's pictures and go oh my god best photographer of the 20th you know one of the best of the 20th century sure and i know jay like so it's like i mean there's no rip on him but there's a certain amount of like it's lovely but like it doesn't stand out i wouldn't put I him think, on I my think list Saul had impeccable composition Saul lighter right there's another Fred composition Herzog, right. but you, know? you would right but Saul, you would never say his technique was particularly good you know what i'm saying so so there there's there's this is how it all there yeah, are exactly. trade-offs exactly yeah. everything's yeah. a trade-off yeah um yeah, that's All a right. good question. Wow. Greg uh, Connors. Okay, Greg Connors. Uh, two questions from Greg Connors. Yeah. Uh, number one, is there any good reason for a photographer to buy a light meter <laughs> or do most of our cameras do all the metering we need? 
Uh, I submitted this to you previously for another Q&A thing, possibly a video project. So forgive me if you answered it elsewhere. Okay, you want to start with that one? Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, your average person taking pictures with a digital SLR probably nowadays does not need a light meter. Um, people taking pictures with strobes, even with a digital SLR probably don't need a light meter in the sense that you could take a picture and you could say that one in the back is too bright. Bring it down. Um, however, what's that, what's that app that you used on your phone when we were out walking with there is, there are like sort of vague light meter apps that basically, um, act they, 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 they use your back camera and you point them at what you're trying to take a picture of and you set the exposure and it says, basically it tells you what it was using to take that picture. And then you can use that and say, oh, it's 125th of a second at five, six or whatever, um, at ISO 100. So it gets you in the ballpark enough to where if you're using C41 film or black and white film, like the, the, there's plenty of information in there to, to, to play with it afterwards. Um, but nowadays, the, the only reason to really own a light meter is if you want to get really mathematical about lighting. Lighting used to be much more about math in the sense that it was, all right, the the meter right here, I'm pointing it at that light when I hit the button and it pops that flash and that flash is at F8. All right, this one back here is at F11, which means that that one in the back is one stop brighter than the one in the front or whatever it is. Okay, so sure, that rim sure. light will be a little brighter and, you know, oh, the, the, the fill over here, we wanted to stop and a half down. So, oh, that's at F4 when we pop it or whatever. So there was a lot of more of like that kind of playing around uh, with like doing it very mathematically because it was harder to see what you were going to get, you know? So that's why people used to use Polaroids and they would take a picture and get it pretty close. And then they trust that the film would do the job, you know? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so that was more of a thing. And if you're using film cameras like my Leica or my Hasselblad or my four by five, none of them have light meters in them. So if I did take my Hasselblad to Europe uh, tonight, uh, I will have to carry a light meter too, and then you know pop it out of my pocket and make sure that you I have the ISO. You wouldn't set just right. trust your phone. Uh, no, if I was going to do it, I'd do it right. Yeah. You know, I mean, my my meter's relatively small, so I mean it's not a big deal. But like, you get one of the little Siconic type. Yeah, things? I have a little Siconic one. Yeah, I yeah. don't have like a fancy thing with like spot metering and a little you right. know, the little telescope in the side. Like, I don't, I don't need that. People, there are people for whom they that's how they do it. For me, it's overkill. Right. Um, so th- that's the answer. So no, you don't need one nowadays. In fact, most photographers who probably use strobes now just do it until it looks good, which is ultimately what the standard should be. It's also different because strobes back in the day were all based upon like splitting capacitors. So it used to be that you basically had to choose lights. Nowadays, you can choose the level of the light like down to like a tenth of a stop electronically. Back in the day, it was and a like, lot of times from the back of the camera. You don't have to walk yeah, over. Yeah, exactly. And, you know. Where where back in the day it was okay. This one is going to be half as bright or twice as bright. It was like it was all about like ratios of where it dumped the power to the heads. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there was less there was less of this like super massaging of light that that people can do now. Uh, question number, right, number two. Number two. Uh, this question might be too specific to me. I don't think it's too specific. Uh, I've been thinking I'd like to have something more portable to shoot uh, with than my DSLR, something lighter that kind of fits in a pocket. If I were going to shell out, say, 800, is the camera on the iPhone 6S good enough to rival whatever the best Sony or Fuji mirrorless camera is in that price range? No. Obviously, a phone does a lot of other things, but photographically, where is my biggest bang for 800 bucks? Uh, if you were going to ask the internet, the answer would probably be a Sony X100. 
Is that what it is? The one hundred RX one hundred RX one hundred, yeah. Uh, which is about eight hundred bucks. Um, I personally owned a RX one hundred two, and wasn't really for me. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, people swear by that, or the little Fuji, or you could buy a you could buy an X one hundred S Fuji used for eight hundred bucks. Yeah, looks know? like the RX one hundred fours are still nine fifty. Okay, so you can get a three, maybe. You know, like they really haven't changed much in them. Or that what's that the the GR the Rico GR? Yeah, people like that one too. Yeah, so you could buy something like that. Is your phone going to rival the sensors in those? No, no. The sensors in the Fuji and the Sony will be much better in low light. They will give you much more detail. The lenses will be better. The question is of whether or not the pictures you're taking just walking around are that important to you. Or they right. Are, are they going to be better on Facebook or Instagram? Eh, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. So so you kind of have to decide, you know. I mean, the thing about the phones, the phone's great, but like you're going to blow out highlights and stuff. But uh, maybe you could shoot HDR. You know, it, it's a trade-off. But I wouldn't say that the picture, the camera in my phone is as good as an X100, you know, nowhere near. Um, right. So, so yeah, so you could go buy something. But it's, for me, it's sort of like it's either digital SLR or just phone because anything in between just kind of feels like an appendage in the same way that an iPad feels useless to me. It's like I have my phone or I have my computer. I, every time I own an iPad, I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Like I either want to be sitting at a computer or I want to just use my phone. You know? Right. So it's, it's just what fits your style. Uh, does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Eight, and, and 800, you're in that, that kind of weird zone. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's a little more than entry level, but it's a little less than something like the, the Mark IV or the, the 100T or something. Yeah, it's actually hard to – that's a hard thing to do. That's a, that's uh, a tough doesn't, one. Doesn't, what's the Samsung? The, the NX – is it a 500? NX 500? NX five hundred, uh, NX five hundred. I think Ibari NX and Rinzi shoot with one of these things, and and oh, the little oh, the Sony one. Yeah, with the, that's just uh, like the screen on the back. Yeah, it's got no viewfinder, yeah, 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 but it's got yeah, yeah, the tilty, yeah. flippy screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sixteen to fifty zoom, and it's six hundred bucks. Yep. Yeah, so something like that could work too. And it's APS-C sensor, so it's a twenty-eight sensor. megapixel APS-C sensor. Yeah. So it's going to be bigger than you know the Micro Four Thirds or the little one-inch sensors. Yep. The thing also does 4K video. So, so if you, you don't go. need a viewfinder, uh, yeah. Greg, then maybe that's your maybe that's your answer. Yeah. Uh, why don't we talk about a sponsor quick? Yeah, sure. Dr- drop one in. We're talking about Squarespace. You want to do a little song? Drop one in. <laughs> Phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> We're going blue today. <laughs> Uh, Squarespace, so Squarespace, so have you seen Squarespace? Build it beautiful with Squarespace. (laughs) Have you ever thought about being a jingle writer? You know, shouldn't I be the one writing jingles? (laughs) You'd think. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Squarespace.com. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Uh, I was using Squarespace uh, a lot this week, uh, moving stuff around on my site and helping out a friend with another site. So Squarespace is great. You just drag and drop stuff. You put stuff where you want it. You just you grab the corner. You make it smaller. You make it bigger. You can't. You know what the best thing about Squarespace is, Jeffrey, is that you can't screw it up. You know what I mean? Ever? They like. They, well, I'm just saying they save you from yourself, right? Like, That's what I need. That's what I need. Well, that's what I'm saying. I need someone to save me from me. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? So Squarespace <laughs> won't let you make something that's super ugly or terrible because that's they, they, they contain you uh, if, if, if that's what you want. Of course, you could go with developer tools and do whatever the heck you want and do some oh. custom, custom CSS, but are you, are you saving yourself? Oh, that's a new, it's a new Squarespace template. Oh, Oh, is there a new Squarespace template called Ohm? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, I got to see that one. Uh, Look, Squarespace is simple. It's powerful. It's beautiful. And Squarespace is always there for you when you need them. They offer 27 support via live chat and email. 27? uh, 24 24 7. 24 7. Did I say 27? They offer 27 kinds of support. <laughs> they offer 724 support. <laughs> Seven days a month for 424. Uh, <sighs> and it starts, the best part is that it starts at just $8 a month and you get your free you, you domain name for a year. You a day to start drinking, Wadman. I know, right? Uh, and <laughs> you get a free domain name if you buy Squarespace for the year. So you just go buy a year. What is eight times 12 is, is um, 96? $96. $96. You, you know, spend a hundred bucks, you get Squarespace for the year, you get your domain for free, so it saves you the fifteen bucks for that. Boom. Yeah. So you spend a hundred bucks, you you ninety six on Squarespace, you yeah. go get a cup of coffee, because by the time you finish that coffee, you'll have a website. That's what I'm saying. Every site you made on Square you make on Squarespace is automatically gonna be responsive so your website scales to look great in any device, your phone, your iPad that I don't really know what it does, uh, or your computer. <laughs> and it's got e commerce. Every website comes with a free online store, which, you know, uh, Conrad and I used for, for our, our wedding website. People could like, you know, give us a little money on there and it worked. You were great. selling Conrad? <laughs> I was selling Conrad. Well, you know, I own her now. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, that was Bill. That was Bill, everybody. Not Jeff. Free saying yeah. that. Bill. Hey, she owns me. Let's just be honest. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. Uh, uh, so so the, it worked great. And the cover pages, which is a great feature that lets you like set up a site, but then you can have like your opening sort of, uh, what did they use back in the day? They called it a splash screen. But this is an actually useful splash screen, not the stupid flash things that we all used right. to do the, back the in the day. You had to sit there and wait for them to load. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so it lets you set up a beautiful one-page online presence in just minutes. So go get started with your free trial. No credit card required. Start building your website today. When you sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code OTP to get 10% off and show your support for On Taking Pictures. So thank you so much to Squarespace for their continued support of 5 by 5 and On Taking Pictures. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Hey, by the way, do you think when my 747 tonight hits 88 miles an hour on the runway, I'm going to go back in time? God, I hope so. <laughs> so I can decide not to do this show? <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say it. <laughs> okay, where are That's we? That's right. It is Back to the Future Day. Oh, Jesus. Freddie Clark. Freddie. Oh. <sighs> All right. Hold on. Freddie Clark says, uh, Okay. <laughs> I heard my daughter and her friend play this over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, assume they are all alive. Saw Lyda, Vivian Mayer, Jay Maisel, Mary Date Kill. Pick one. <laughs> and explain why. Oh, God. Pick one for each. So, Saul Lighter, Vivian Mayer, Jay Maisel, which one do you marry, which one do you date, and which one do you kill? Hmm. Hmm. Tough one, actually. I think in the order that he's got them. Lighter, Mayer, Maisel. You you marry Lighter, you date Vivian Mayer, and and you kill Jay Maisel. 
I, well, Jay Maisel would would probably kill me because he's tough. He's a big guy too. He's like he's yeah he's 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 well, a tough guy. He's like he, you know he now. he reminds me the way he's the way he like carries himself yeah. and the way he speaks Brando. Yeah 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 yeah. He's actually got. Did that, you see that? He's he, got that. He's got that way about him in person yeah. too. Yeah yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Any particular reason for those? No, I, I think Saul. Saul seems like he'd be more interesting to talk to for a longer period of time. We don't know much about. I don't know why. <laughs> we don't know. I, see, I think we. Yeah, or he'd just go read the paper and make some tea. Vivian Mayer seems a little bit pathological. So you want to date that? Well, it certainly wouldn't want to marry her. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. She'd be. She'd be cuckoo. Right. Yeah. True. Uh, and like I say, Jay, Jay, I think would just would just you know beat me senseless after a while because he'd get annoyed with me for something. I don't know. Yeah, Vivian Mayer, like there's all those like stories of her like beating the kids she worked at, like helped out. Well, there, like yeah, that. there is that. So yeah, I, I, I may take her out. Uh, well, oh really? You're yeah. Just, all right. And then I could take her pictures and make a fortune off it, like Maloof. Wow. Ouch. Uh, and then. Um, uh, date and kill. Uh, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, date Jay and marry Saul. Yeah. So yeah. we'd both marry Saul Lighter. Yeah. I don't know what that says about us. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're interested in the conversation. All right. Uh, Rina, All right. Uh, this, this thanks, Freddie. Love you, man. Yeah. Uh, Rena Letterman Gerard. This is more on the technical side. I know, right? That's a great name. This is more on the technical side, but I really hope you talk about it because I'm stuck. I want to get my work out there, quote unquote, but I'm worried about the WYSIWYG aspect of it. I don't think uh, what I see is some uh, what someone else will get. I work on a laptop. Oh, right. I read this one. Uh, I worked on a laptop, which means the angle is everything. Uh, I want to print and show someday in a gallery, short of investing in printing equipment. How do I ensure files sent off to the service will come back printed with my vision? Uh, this keeps me moving forward, keeps me from moving forward. Do I need a spider, et cetera, and profiles? Uh, am I headed in the wrong direction? Arg, by the way, I hate that even showing images online doesn't let me control how well someone sees them. Color cast, contrast, etc. This meanders, but somehow I think it fits in with your conversational style. Oh, this is an easy one. Well, not an easy one, but there are answers, Rena. Don't worry about it. Um, yes, you do need to profile your screen. And the biggest thing that you need to do is make sure your brightness on your screen is correct. And that is something that a spider would do, but I would recommend the color monkey display. Cause that's the, that's the cheap, the less expensive one from I one, right? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Color uh, monkey. Yeah. Uh, and then use a good print service. Use somebody like Elko. Yeah. You know, you've had you've had great results with them, right? Yep, I I have. Yeah, the Color Monkey display is 169 bucks. Uh if 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 your screen is shifting a lot when you tilt it forward or back, it probably means it's a TN panel. Uh which means that it's a less expensive screen for the laptop manufacturer. The colors aren't going to be great, but if you use something like the Color Monkey and you profile it to get the colors as good as they can get and you set your brightness to like 120 i would say is a good place to to work that's generally where i work mm-hmm. is that nits or cd candelas per meter squared or whatever it is just look for the number 120 uh, uh do it to uh d65 or whatever it is is that what it's called yeah that's what it's called like a 6500k the color space yeah the d65 is the temperature 
Uh, uh, well, it's going to depend on the native white point of the screen. Yeah, but I would force it to D65 because okay. that, that's generally what I do and I have good results. Uh, force it to D65, do 120 candelas. This is all stuff that you can choose when you uh, profile your display with Color Monkey. And your thing will shift and you'll have a much better idea. The brightness is one of the big things because people get their prints and they're like, the print is too dark or the print is too bright. Usually the print is too dark. And that's because laptop screens and, and screen computer screens in general are really bright. So what you think is like your shadow is nice and bright and you can see them, in reality is actually the shadow is really far down. Uh, so brightness is the big mistake people make. And then color, uh, this thing will, something like this will help you too. You got anything else, Todd? Uh, no, other than, like I said, uh, find a good print house. Find yeah. a reputable, you know, Elko or, or... Have you used Adorama, the local Adorama yeah, printer? Sure. In fact, I, they... use, I use Adorama uh, fairly But the, the new often. one that they built. Yeah, in fact, it's like a five-minute walk from my house. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I go pick up prints there all the time. Um, so, we, in fact, we did that for... Uh, um, uh, um, uh, the, the I get like my portfolio and stuff I print over there and I just go pick them up the next day. It's great. Oh, did they print your cards that you're mailing? Uh, no, I had those done at Moo. Oh, that's right. You did Moo. That's right. You said that. I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah. yeah. Moo does a really good job with printing. They like, they do it right. They and, do. I mean, that's, and there's an example, right? If you send your files to a place and you say, trust my files, don't change them. And you get a print back and it's pretty close to what you had on screen. Well, that's the best you can ask for. <laughs> sure. Um, so there's your test. So once you do get it done, just send your file. Even send it to, you know, someplace local. I don't know where Arena lives, but anyway. Uh, okay, Holger. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, Holger, how you doing? Holger's at Stiedl now. That's Oh, right. Terrific. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When's he going to start uh, sending us books? Oh, Jesus. Get off him about the books. <laughs> Jeez. Let the guy adjust, for God's sake. Uh, are you going to dress up? In a costume for Halloween. Wait, if, wait, yes. reread that one. I, I lost you for a sec. Are, are you going to dress up in a costume for Halloween? And if so, if yes, which? What? Uh, are you dressing up for Halloween? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Barry Gibb. Barry Gibb, or or Whalen. I like Barry Gibb. Okay. Well. Yeah, yeah you, that's right. You, you can do that. Gonna talk about photography <laughs> on the show. <laughs> <laughs> not pictures, not pictures. That's right. You don't have to do it. Talking about developer. <laughs> Talking about fixative. Uh, my answer to this question is that I hate Halloween, and I haven't dressed up for Halloween in 15 years. You know what? No candy for you. No candy. I don't, None. I don't. I don't like dressing up in costumes. It's true. Ugh. Not a big fan of Halloween. Never was when I was a kid either. Um, I have in the past, you know, as an adult, gone to Halloween parties where I had to dress up, and I did. I did a good job. I did a crazy mad scientist once, and I put egg in my hair and spiked it up, and I went and bought uh, dry ice. Did I tell you that story about the dry ice? No. So I, this is. Uh, 10, 15 years ago. I go to buy dry ice because I want to have dry ice in my drink so it's like bubbling up, whatever. Right. So Do you get, you get stuck like the kid on uh, Christmas Story? Get your no, not stuck that bad. But uh, so, I, so I need to find a place. So I find this place like New York Ice Supply on West 44th Street, you know. Right. 
So I go over to New York Ice Supply and I walk in and it's very obviously like a commercial place that you're not supposed to go in as a normal person. You know, one of those kinds of places. You need to buy 10,000 yeah, blocks exactly. of ice. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I walk in and it's like, it's like there's a, it's a family establishment. Let's just put it that way. And Like a family family? Uh, like fa- probably, yes. Wow. And so I walk in and there's, you know, guys sitting around like re- old guys sitting around reading the newspaper, talking to each other, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And uh, and I was like, hey, guys, uh, I'm looking I was looking for some dry ice. And, you, and the guy goes, oh, yeah, we're full. And I was like, oh, <laughs> nice. I want it for uh, for a costume. Yeah. All right. Come over here. And he opens up this ice chest and there's like a big giant hunk of dry ice in there. And he's like, how much do you need? I was like, I don't know. I just need enough for drinks. And he takes this like knife and he goes, Poof, and he like hacks off pieces. Of it. How much? That much? Huh? Poof. He like hacks off. Another, you want that much? Huh? How much you want? You want the first piece? You want the second? You like, want them both? Like, like he's at the deli counter. <laughs> it was just like that. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, that piece is fine, I guess, sir. Yeah. I'm like, how much do I owe you? He's like, I don't know. Give me 10 bucks. Nice. And, and, I, and he wraps it up in like parchment paper and I take it home. And of course, half of it's gone by the time I get home. Sure. Uh, but anyway, it worked out great. But I was like, "You got to keep that stuff on." You want ice. that piece, huh? huh how about this one? You want the second one? Anyway, uh, but yeah, actually, the past few years I've been away for Halloween, including this year. So I will be in Paris for Halloween. Uh, Justice Pang, I recently found a photo monograph on, on a decayed small towns on decayed small towns at the library. Just looking at a couple images, I had an immediate visceral reaction that the work was cliched and uninteresting, even though it was technically proficient. I'm so I was so surprised by the strength of the reaction, forced myself to at least leaf through each page, and I still left feeling the same thoughts. Have you ever had such negative blink reaction to a work? And how often does this reaction proved wrong? Terry Richardson, never. Um I actually have seen pictures <laughs> like you know, sort of um uh pictures from the seventies black and white that are like poor man's Walker Evans of like Look, it's a white house. You've had such a a very visceral reaction. Not visceral, just like, or I'll I'll just look at it and go, what is so special? Like, that is just, it's just a picture of a barn in a field in black and white. But there's there's kind of void there. Yeah, there's just, it's like, why did you even bother taking that? That you actually don't like, like, you just have like a, I I mean, Terry Richardson is there, yeah. Uh, Those Gildan pictures that we talked about? Those Definitely don't, those. Uh, those don't bother me, me as much. Uh, the, the the La Chapelle stuff that we talked about a long time ago. I'm not a big. Oh, fan Oh yeah, his. not a big fan of his. Not a big yeah, fan. that, that kind of turns me off. Um, uh, everything in the Kim Kardashian selfies book. <laughs> wow, you actually looked through that book? No, I haven't. I'm you just, have it, don't I'm you? I'm assuming you have it. You have a signed copy. <laughs> I'm ass assuming. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're playing it blue today. That's that's quite an assumption. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how often has it been proven wrong? I, the back cover is four times the size of the front. Uh, cover. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this giant piece of illustration God, board on so the back. Terrible! <laughs> what is wrong with us? Uh, I, I usually it doesn't. It is improved wrong. I mean, have I ever? Have you ever looked at something where you're just like, ugh, and then you look at it some more and you go, okay, no, I give it to him. Uh. I, not ugh, but but uh, Cindy Sherman. When I first yeah. saw her work, I, I just really didn't. I was like, I just don't get this at all. But the more I've seen it, and and the more it it uh, has kind of evolved as a larger body of work for, to me from what I've seen, yeah. I, I have an appreciation of it, and I and I I like 
what I've read that she's trying to do. And, and I think the photos are, are more interesting than when I first saw them. So, yeah, I'm sure there have been other cases of that, but that's the first one that comes to mind for me. Uh, I have other – there's other artwork that I just – like Georgia O'Keeffe, I don't get any of it. Just goes mm-hmm. right through me. I'm just like I, – I have no idea why people like that. Hmm. Um, so there's – there's uh, the, you know, there's people outside of there. But, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. That's a weird question. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, Vincent, you got this one? Uh, Vincent, yes. Share your biggest or most recent aha moment – Maybe even something that you knew for years but didn't understand it like you thought you did until a revelation happened. Oh, man, I have something for this, and I can't – something actually happened recently that I hadn't – I like, oh, <laughs> okay, can it be non-photographically related? Sure. Okay. So the I other, mean, you'd have to ask Vincent, but but I'm going to sure. answer with, without, without a photographically related one. Okay. The other day, I was looking up – I was reading an article about ice delivery back in the day. Okay. Because I, I had a conversation a few weeks ago. I was just like, I like old school refrigerators where the freezer's on top and then there's the fridge is on the bottom. You know, that, that whole like the standard 1970s, 80s layout. The side-by-side layout or the, or the freezer underneath, I, like it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't add up, right? Hmm. All right. So I'm like, wait a minute. Why is it that way to begin with? And then I was looking up a thing about ice delivery and I started finding all these like old – they were talking about ice cards that they used to stick in the windows so you could say how much ice you wanted delivery th- delivered this week. I want a 20 out 20 pound block, a 50 pound block. And you put these little 20, 50 stickers in your front window. And that's what they bring that week. It was like this thing. Okay. And it got me looking at old ice chests that they used to put the ice in, you know, next to the, next to the food, whatever it is. And the designs morphed over the years to where towards the end, it was a block of ice up in top in a small door and the fridge stuff was underneath. So when they started making electric refrigerators, they just mimicked the design of the old ice boxes. Sure, sure. And I'm looking at it and I was like, that's why they are the way they are. And I had this like, oh, like suddenly history explained itself. You know what I mean? Like suddenly the the flow made sense. So there's mine. It has nothing to do with photography, but there's one. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got got Uh, one. I can't think of of anything off the top of my head. That's a hard Uh, one. That is a hard one. Uh, most recent was, I guess, uh, you know, I, I talked about uh, perfection and chasing perfection and, and realizing that, that, you know, perfection is a lie. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I mean, Maybe. Maybe. Uh, what, what are we at time-wise? Uh, we're at uh, an hour, 20 minutes. We got to, we'll, we'll bang these out. We got like five more. Okay. Uh, Jason Fusera. Hey, Jay. Oh, wait. No, this is you. This is you, Jason. Jason Fusera. Uh, I've recently started to get images in front of people, especially my Oregon City photos, which are really nice. Uh, one yeah, thing I've are. noticed since I put myself out there is that I often get questions about my Photoshop. Uh, if I Photoshop my photos, when I tell them yes, I process my photos so uh, I can see them start questioning everything in the photo. I don't add or move elements, only remove distractions like power lines. For reference, here's my Oregon City photos. We'll put a link in the show notes. Um, how do you ex- uh, or do you ever have to explain that processing photos is a necessary step in producing work? Uh, will or should people ever believe what they hmm. see in photos? And if you push the boundaries of photography, do you think we should be calling it photo illustration or something other than a photo? That word Photoshop has got so many different 
meanings for people, both positive and negative. Yes. Um, maybe rather than, you know, if asked, do you use Photoshop? Uh, maybe the response is I, I do some color correction and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. things that you would do in a dark room kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, th- there's a weird association that people have and they, and you're right, Jason, they start looking for, was that tree really there or is that yeah. composited? Is yeah. it was the bird really flying over the blue heron sign or whatever? Um, it's, it's a, it seems to happen more with kind of the general public who really don't have uh, a, a working knowledge of what, what, you know, Photoshop's kind of strengths and limitations are. Yeah. Would you say that's true? I think that's true. And there's also the flip side of this, which is the, you know, I sh- I'll show somebody a picture on my phone that took me 20 hours in Photoshop to composite together. Somebody will say, you took that on your phone? Right. And I'll be like, no. Like, if you can't tell that I didn't take that on my phone, then I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? There, there, like I said, there's, there's just so many different misinformation ways and misunderstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't take it personally. Um, I think that, I think that it's a re, I think that almost anybody who says they don't touch their photos, they're probably lying. (laughs) You know, there are very few people who take a picture and bring it home and print the JPEG as it came out of their camera. Uh, well, yeah, uh, yeah, but I I would say that something, so what is, you know. I would say the odds on that are higher if you're shooting JPEG instead of raw. Right, right, right. But I'm just saying you can apply a little bit of color in the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. But I mean, but even then, it's like how many people are actually doing that and doing nothing to their pictures? And, you know, Jason's images are really polished. You know, they're beautiful. Yeah, they are. So it's like he's probably not that far from these out of camera, Mm -hmm. you know, so... Mm -hmm. This is just a uh, little this, color correction, little punch. Yeah. Like, oh, let's bring up the shadows or pull down this or, you know, yep. uh, I, I so uh, my guess is that uh, it's just people thinking too is just thinking too much. Wow, this is these are really nice. Um, I put this, a link this, in the show notes this, so people can see them. The one uh, shadow quality dot com slash Oregon dash city. Third row, third picture, the one in the center with the with the steam or smokestacks kind of obscuring the the sunset and the water oh, oh, let me see. oh yeah, 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 yeah yeah that's yeah. a beautiful picture yeah yeah that's yeah. good stuff um all right let's uh so i mean uh i don't know do you ever have to explain your process sometimes i do but like usually it's just somebody who's interested and mm-hmm. do you think that if we keep pushing the boundaries we should call it photo illustration sometimes i feel like you get to a point where like that like dave hill kind of look right like sometimes that feels almost illustrative to me more than it is photographic, you know, like the photos. It's like it's not even the photo is left anymore. It's so worked over, you know. Yeah, it's and a it, weird it's a weird line, though. Where where do, where is yeah, the yeah, line? No, no, it's 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 a gray line. But I think that stuff like that sometimes feels like if you're compositing every element and all the skin is like completely smoothed and the highlights are added and, and, and you know. It's like at a certain point, it does become illustration with almost like almost like the photograph was the sketch that you're tracing over, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, you want Matheson's? Uh, Matheson, Christopher Matheson, how do you get more eyes on your work? Uh, should you look for online sites that feature work similar to yours or and contact them individually? Or should you make up generalized email and some photos to send to every single online resource you can find. I mean, nowadays I would say the more 
targeted is probably a better idea. Yeah. Cause then I mean, you can say, I'd really love to have my work on things. I think it really fits in with your look, you know, and, and here's why, as opposed right. to saying, my name is Christopher Matheson and right. I like pictures. Please You're not going to send yeah. uh, architecture pictures to Vogue. Right. Although, you know, you could probably make some money. Imagine if they do. They're like, these are genius. We didn't know people took pictures of buildings. <laughs> if we could put people sh- in front of these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I would do it more targeted. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, it's all about just, just sending stuff out and saying, hey, you know, here I did this thing. If you're interested, let but, me know. But even that, you know, something sometimes stuff just catches on. Sure. I mean, how many how many pet photographers are out there trying to to make a living from their pet photography? Why did Fred Levy's Black Dogs project stick where so many others yeah. haven't? I mean, yeah, they're fantastic photographs, but something about those photographs, that body of work caught on. Yeah, but but at the same time, I mean, if Fred was took those pictures and he sent them to everybody, he'd probably be get more uh, more juice from putting them on very specific sort of pet photography. Not pet photography as in like you know everyone's pictures of their pets, but so sort mm-hmm. of there have mm-hmm. to be some sort of specialty things that like you know finding the people who do who present stuff like the work you're trying to present is probably a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so Tom from Michigan sent us a message. Should I, in, should I insert this in here? Yeah, sure. If you want. All right. I'll put if it that's in here. Not, if you've got the time. I mean, you guys are kind of under the yeah, gun. No, so no, if you've got right. time. Uh, his question though, if, in case I don't get a chance to put it in, uh, is that, uh, he wants to start taking pictures, uh, more stills and, uh, a client that he met recently, he was just like, oh, I, I, you know, I'd love to be, I'm available for, for doing these events and stuff that you need pictures at. And they were great. Send your stuff along to this person and, you know, maybe we'll call you. Right. And his comment was, you know, I've taken a lot of, I've taken senior portraits. I've taken right. portraits. Family of stuff. Yeah. 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 And he's just like, and I think it's good enough, but I haven't taken a lot of the kind of stuff that they're specifically looking for. What do I do? What do I send them? Did it did it strike you as event or corporate headshotty things? What are they looking for? Uh, it, to me, it felt more like guys standing on podium and he's taking pictures. That kind of you know, sort of like giving so a talk corporate event could rather you, than walking around corporate event. Could I, you I, stage a few of those and just say, look, yeah, here's or, some examples? Or just of- offer, you know, d- yeah, if you know somebody works a thing like that, hey, you mind if I come by and you know take some pictures and like you can use them for free? Just do the first couple for free just to build up some some stuff for your portfolio. Mm-hmm. But I think if you also show that you can take good pictures, period, that's probably enough for a lot of people, you know, uh, unless they're very specific about wanting certain kind of event thing. But at a, at a certain point, you need to sort of take the event shots, show that you can do that, you know? Right. So it's uh, it's that's a whole other thing. But it's, right. it's I, I, don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Totally, totally doable. Um, Lauren, you want us to read this one? Uh, Lauren, since it seems to be in line with a couple of other questions, how do you get an art showing? Can you create your own show slash event? Find a gallery? Do you always try to sell your work at an art showing or can you just show it for exposure? What are reasonable expectations or goals for a showing? I have no idea. Okay, let's say uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't. Okay. I, the whole like not for sale thing irks me. You want it to be for sale. I do. Okay. 
unless it's already sold and you're just you know if you've if you've asked someone's permission like hey i i know you bought that but i'm having a show and i'd love to include it in the why, show why does it irk you uh, because i think that's the final resting place that's that's the you know ultimately it wants to be let go the work the work wants to get out into the world um and i've changed my opinion on this because i for a long time i kept my own work and didn't want to sell my own work but you know i can make more yeah 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 yeah. so i i think it, well, and with it's photography it's just prints right it's not even like the original sure um how do you get an art showing well you anything that i've ever shown in a gallery has either been people asked me to put a show on or asked me to be part of a show or it was a group i was a member of who said you know we're doing a group show there's been a lot of that kind of stuff. I yeah, haven't I, done a lot yeah. of like seeking out. The, I think it's a numbers game, just like last episode. It is a numbers game, and I will tell you that most of the people who put stuff up in galleries, it's also that's that's a that's a personal project in the sense that most people are not making money selling prints at gallery shows, and most people are putting stuff up in galleries at great cost to themselves and not recouping their cost. You know what I mean? There's a lot of that. Mm. I'm not know. talking about Paris photo. I'm talking about like, you know, there are plenty of people where where put, putting on a gallery show is a vanity project because it is costs it like a, a pay lot to of play type thing, like akin to a musician, like where you're, you're you're paying to get on the bill. Yeah, well, there's some of that. Like, okay, you need to be a member of this gallery, and then you have to wait 12 months till there's an opening where you can put your stuff on the wall. But like, how many of those things are you selling compared to how much time and energy and whatever it costs you to put it on the walls? A lot of people like you want to show your work. It's it's less about like I'm going to make ten thousand dollars selling these prints. It's like that probably won't happen, you know. But I have only been in uh, I think four group shows and I've sold two pieces. Right. Yeah. But but all four occasions it was me contacting the gallery and saying, look, here's here's who I am. Here's what I do. Yeah. I'd love to be you know f- featured somehow. Yeah. Well, maybe my experience is as much for uh, photography as yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I mean, it's expensive. Like I I did that big travel show a few years ago, and I had to print out and get frames for twenty five, twenty by thirty prints. Right. And they cost but, uh, me probably a couple grand. And how many did yeah. I sell? It's like I didn't I didn't make it back. Hugh you know? and his son. The the show that they did. Yeah. They they had to get things printed and framed. And, yeah. It's and, very expensive. And, yeah, it was very expensive. So it, it, there is a certain amount of vanity stuff, and then you can have on your thing, oh, I had this great art show, and you know this gallery show, and I'm part of this, and I, my stuff was shown here. And so a lot of it is like CV building, too. Um, I, I mean, I think group shows are probably the way to go, Lauren, um, <clears throat> especially when you, when you don't have – uh, enormous reach or, or a big reputation. I love going to group shows personally because I may go for one person's work that I've heard of or that I know, but then I end up getting exposed to all of these other people's work and I, I find new people and new inspiration and new things to follow and that kind of thing. That may be a, a strategy for you too is, is try and find group shows that you, yeah. can, that you can get into rather than, than you know, kind of insisting on a solo show that, that no. may or may not be, be doable. Where is she again? I forget. Uh, I think she's in – you know what? I don't know. Midwest okay. somewhere? Um, there's also, I mean, in smaller places, like if you were living in, let's just say you're living in Kansas city, there's probably Georgia. She lives in Georgia. Georgia. 
So, I mean, it, it, I will tell you it's harder in New York to just get a gallery show. I mean, you can rent a space and put stuff up, but like, you know, um, but then there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot to all this stuff, but yeah, getting your stuff in some, and a lot of times, uh, photography clubs and stuff will put on shows. So -hmm. if you join a club and hang out with some other people and they're like, Oh, we're putting on a show. Do you want to submit something to the show? That works too. Um, Gary, uh, why do you guys think that you have created such a loyal, loyal following? There are lots of photography podcasts. What makes you do- so darn special to many people, including me? Well, thank you, Gary. Thank you, Gary. Uh, <clears throat> Wait, Gary kind of looks like Alton Brown. Have you noticed that? I, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't just me then, right? No, I th- he totally does. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe it actually uh, is Alton Brown. Maybe. Pseudonym. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. Uh, why? I don't know. I, you know, I, well. <laughs> do we have such a loyal following? <laughs> I think we do. I okay. think, uh, I, you know, I, I think, I think because, uh, the, one of the big things is, uh, by and large, what you hear is what you get. Yeah. We are this way in real life. Yeah. We're not, we're not characters except that we're characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're, 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 we're not putting pers- on a show, but yeah, yeah, we're not yeah. putting on a show. <laughs> right. There's no persona here. I mean, we're dorks in yeah. person, just like we yeah, are in the Jeffrey show. Jeffrey really is that old. <laughs> God damn it, Bill. <laughs> Um, I think that's part of it, like an honesty, sort of a, a, what's the word we always use? Authenticity? Yeah. Well, look, I I think a lot of... We don't pull any punches. There are some podcasts who shall remain nameless, where the host will say things like, it's not about the gear, it's not about the gear, it's never about the gear, but the guest comes on and one of the first questions is, so what gear are you using? What's in your camera bag? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, well, okay... You can't have one and the other. The correct answer to that is cameras. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Gary also asked, when do you come to Chicago? I want the chance to meet you in person. I would love to also, come to Chicago. Also, we have miles of alleys filled with dumpsters. Hey, wait, Gary, why aren't I invited to, to Chicago? <laughs> Jeffrey, uh, the, little, little piece of advice for Nice Coaster. Don't go to Chicago during the winter. Wait till the spring. I've heard it's cold. I do want to see that bean thing. The bean, uh, thing? you know, yeah, the big bean, the 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 steel sculpture, the, the polished. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The okay, bean. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I would also like to go uh, uh, the observation deck on the Sears Tower. So you want to? It's the Willis Tower now, but you you want to reenact uh, uh, Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Okay, I want to well lean then, against. The, that's what I want to do. Okay, well then that is definitely something you can do. Uh, I'd like to go to a Cubs game. Okay. Uh. So wait till next, like early, early, early summer next year. That's early or go. like a like a spring thing, yeah, good, Gary. Good. If we, if we can, I'll say it right now, Gary. Let's ink a uh, uh, an OTP meetup for the spring in Chicago. Okay. What do you think? And and then I could ride around Oak Park and look at Frank Lloyd Wright houses. <gasps> oh, there you go. Chicago. I hear it's a toddle in town. Yeah. Um. And lastly, <laughs> this is a good one. Gordon Surratt, how'd you develop your own film thing going with the R3 monobath? Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Fail. We're, I have we're bad. failed. We're going to do it. But I do have a film camera now. I do have a lens for the film camera. You have I a have reason actually, to go get that stuff. I have shot film, so that now there is a reason, Gordon. And and uh, I, I promise I will get on that. Yeah. See, the funny thing about you getting the camera and shooting film is that yes, you've shot you've shot pictures, but 
you've had it for a month and we still haven't seen any pictures, which is the problem well, I with just, film. I just got the lens uh, a week ago. Yeah, but you had a lens that we used down in New Jersey and stuff. Yeah, but I didn't finish the role. Oh, you I didn't had, finish the role. No, okay. and that was, I borrowed uh, Chris Connors' lens. Oh, right, 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 right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I ordered the lens. It was doo-doo because it was one of those eBay things. And apparently my, con- my, my uh, uh, definition of mint and this gentleman's definition of mint were slightly different. Should have just bought it on a KEH or something. Well, but I got a, I got a good one. I got a good one. Okay. Anyway. So now I it's, anyway. So it's in. It's going. Hey, you know what? We don't have a photographer of the week or an assignment or an assignment. But you know what? You're away, so that's okay. Uh, uh, your how, choice. How, how about this? How about this? Um, uh, new place. Hashtag new place. Since I'm going to some place I haven't been before, everyone else go to some place you haven't been before. Okay. New Take place. Pe- Is that all right? Sure. Uh, w- uh, we need to put the the assignment in last week's show notes. Oh, I, you're right. I did. Okay, okay, assignment, new place. Yeah, fun, new right? New place. Yep, new place. Uh, you have anybody you got for Photographer of the Week? Photographer of the Week. You've been, you've, I, I did last week's and, and uh, you, you, but you do those, uh, you, you keep track of that stuff more than I do. Like, you find weird new people out there. Yeah, I, I don't have anybody off the top of my head. All right. Uh, um, how, how about, uh, let me, let me see this. Let guy. me see, let me see. Hold on. Good radio right here. Good radio. Peter Lipman. I don't know who that is. Aha, I see. I, I did one for you right there. I'm, send, Peter? I'm, send, I'm sending you a link here. Peter Lipman. Tell me what you think of this. Peter Lipman. I think you're going to like it. This is my, 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 my guess is that you're going to oh, like it. Oh, yeah, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the cars. Oh. Look at the cars. The Paradise yeah. Parking. Yeah. These are great. Oh, great exposure. Great color. Yeah. Oh, I like the plays on mythology and classical yeah. imaging. R- rot- rotting food. Rotting grapes. Oh, that picture of the camera, like in the dust. Yeah, Peter <gasps> Lippman. Wow. There you go. See, I did it. I pulled it out how'd of my you, How'd you find this guy? I have a, I have a, I have a, uh, a bookmark folder called <laughs> Crazy Cool Bleep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, these, these shots of the grapes on the vine are terrific. All right, Peter Lippman it is. Yeah, that's that's some Edward Weston business right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this guy shoots. Uh, it's interesting. Still lifes, uh, environmental still life. The portraits that, that that like the topless black woman with holding the shoe. It's beautiful. All these like women uh, holding the shoe. Look at those. Like the like the young girl with the weird shoe. The second one. You see those? Oh yeah, these are beautiful. Very classical. Yeah. Now I wonder, are these? They almost yes, look these like- are. They're fine art, but are they are they for a shoe company? It looks like they're for a clothing company. Yeah, they do. Well, he does have a client list that includes like everybody, like a couture kind of. Uh, yeah, well, they, uh, he has, yeah. I mean, he shot for like a billion people, so it could uh, you know who knows what those are for. Beautiful, beautiful. though, right? Peter Lippman, wow. uh, double P double N lip lip man lip, lip man. Peter Lipman. <laughs> yeah, these cameras, like the decaying cameras are super. Yeah. Photo Finish, that series is called. What a, what a clever name. All oh. right. You, get, you got anything else? I, I got to contact this guy. All right. We'll give oh, him look a, at this. Not, not one agent. He's got agents in England, France, the U.S., Eastern Europe, galleries in Holland and Brussels. Hey, that's it. I'm going. going to Brussels? I'm going. I'm going to Holland. You're going to Holland. I'll be there tomorrow. Leaving, uh, leaving on a jet plane tonight. 
Maybe you I'll should. G- you should. You should take a little. You know, put a little photo on the group from uh, from this gallery. If yeah, you, I'll if see, you, I'll you see know, if, if I can you... find the gallery. Let's let's go find the gallery. The gallery is in uh, in English. It's in uh, blah 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 blah. It's in the Netherlands. Let's see. I don't know where this is, but I will find out where it is. Let's see if we can pull it up on our Google. Yeah, good map. find. Peter, uh, it is um, not where I'm going to be, but I can see what I can do. There might be one in Paris. Actually, it's in The Hague. Uh, I, I might be able to get there. I'm actually going to be going through there on Sunday. Uh, let me see what I can do. Uh, but Peter Lippmann, there you go. Peter Lippmann, good find. Good find, Billy Bob. Anything else? Uh, nope. Nope. A little long today, kids. Sorry. But, but hey, thank the you Q&As for always go long. Uh, yep. We will be back on, I guess, I get back on the second, which I think is the Monday. So theoretically the third, which is Tuesday. We'll, but then again, no one else will know that. They'll just well. They will now. Oh, <laughs> They're listening. Uh, and uh, we will see you guys uh, later. Uh, if and again, if anybody has any recommendations in Holland or or uh, I got you know, a they few won't, already. They won't hear this until you're already there. No, they'll hear this. Okay, they'll hear this when I am uh, in Lille. So if you have any recommendations for Paris, let me know. There you go. You will uh, have already been to Holland. I will already have been to Holland. Uh, I will be through Belgium and I will be in France by then. Eat a waffle for me. Uh, I will eat two. (laughs) I'll talk to you later. See ya. Right.